So sometimes you got to say, man, I really want this to happen. We're going to perform better as a department, but you may have to put that on the back burner for a while while you help the team find those early wins, the stuff that they're really excited about so that you can develop that really effective team dynamic. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. From the Federal Resources Studio, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service, just like you, from coast to coast. Just about everyone wants to be promoted. More pay, maybe a different shift, and more authority to make things happen. So what do you do when you actually get that promotion? You might want to think about it in advance. And today's guest is here to give you some things to think about. Rom Duckworth has more than 25 years of experience working in career and volunteer fire departments, emergency services, and hospital-based health care systems. He's currently a career captain, paramedic, and EMS coordinator. Rom is a speaker at national conferences and contributes to magazines and textbooks on topics of field operations, leadership, and education emergency services. And Rom Duckworth joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to share. It's great to have you here. You've called this transition the transition from buddy to boss. Do some people have a tough time with it? Absolutely. I, I take that title or that, uh, that phrase from the book Buddy to Boss by a man named Chase Sargent. And there's a lot of good information there as well as in a lot of other resources for the very difficult transition, whether you're in the fire service or outside of the fire service, when you go from a colleague and then you're promoted up to be a supervisor, you know, however you want to phrase it exactly, you become somebody's boss. And it, it, I think it's the perfect storm of challenges because not only are you newly promoted to, you know, a new type of job where you have to sort of move away from the, a lot of the technical hands-on aspects and, and there's a lot more thinking and, and, and people interaction, which that can be one challenge, but also all of a sudden these people that you hung out with as, as colleagues and sometimes even people who maybe had more seniority than you, well, now you're in a position over them and it could be socially awkward and make it really difficult to figure out how you can do the right thing for, for, for your job, for their job and for the organization. 
In your experience, how do the buddies react when their coworker is suddenly giving commands one Monday when they walk in? It can be really, really tough and really, really very varied. I mean, it, it, it depends that some people may be excited to see a, a colleague and a, even a friend of theirs move up in the organization. And it may be an exciting time for some organizational change. Like, hey, this is a, a good friend of mine and there's a lot of stuff that we've talked about that we're excited about that maybe is now it's going to happen right it's sort of uh, one of us we're in charge now so things are going to change and of course you can get the other end of the spectrum where it may be well i was up for the same job and i think i was a better candidate so they could be challenges that way you have six tips for this transition and we'll go through them one at a time first you say clarify your mission I'm curious what you mean by that, because the agency already has a mission. Are what you saying that you have to clarify how you intend to fulfill it? That's a big part of it, but I think sometimes, and, and, and I'll say that this can apply just as well to officers or, or leaders making a move to, say, even a, a new shift or a new group as well as people moving up. And like you say, every organization should have some kind of a mission statement, but it isn't always clear, honestly. And I think when you're moving into that new position of leadership, you have to explicitly ask, what are we here for? What What's our interpretation of the mission? And that's not to say that I said clarify, because you shouldn't necessarily make something up yourself. But if you, this is what we're all going to gather around. And if as a new officer, you're not clear on it, maybe you need to talk to one of your mentors or, or a chief officer or, you know, right up to the chief, whatever's appropriate to say, bottom line and top priority, what are we all gathering around? And that's what your whole shift in, in your leadership should remain focused on. That should be that three o'clock in the morning test of what should I do next? What's the top priority or what's the right thing to do here? It should all focus on that mission. So if you're not 100% clear on the mission and you feel like the people that you're working with aren't 100% clear on the mission, it's your job to clarify it. Next, you say we should define roles and boundaries. And this, I assume, is related primarily to the actual transition when you want to impress upon the subordinates that you're the leader now and so things have to be a little different between you that's a big part of it i would say that the first part of it is defining roles so that everybody understands what the roles are on the team and obviously roles can shift and change a little bit but i like to when i'm teaching new mentoring new officers say everybody has to be able to do everything this is a variation on know your people. Everyone's going to have different strengths and different things that maybe they got to work on. So take a look at what the people on your team are going to be filling, you know, what roles and, and, and look at what roles you need to fulfill the mission, as you said. And that lets you also make it clear in your own mind, as well as in their mind, what your role is. And yeah, your role is going to be to making be making some of the decisions and that may be very different from the the collegial buddy buddy 
role that you played in relationship that you play because your relationships are going to be, you know, how the different roles are connected. Um, but I, hopefully it will put you and your subordinates in the mindset that we're, we are all here as a team. This isn't me in charge and it's my team. Exactly. It's more, we all have these different roles and mine can be one of decision-making. Um, but I'm still going to want that input. I'm still going to want information from everybody else. And that leads nicely into the next one, which is solicit group member expectations and aspirations. Here I'm thinking that what you're referring to is actually going to these folks and saying, how would you like to see it done such that you can say, maybe I can do it this way and this would then be an improvement over what they've seen in the past where perhaps they felt disenfranchised. Absolutely. Uh, you really hit the nail on the head. And a lot of it comes, this is a time of transition, not just for you, but for the people who are going to be part of your group that, that you're filling that role of leader. And so you've already sort of broken the ice, hopefully, and things are a little bit in flux. And, and, you know, everybody gets nervous when, when things are a little bit unstable, but you could take advantage of that time. The change is already happening. Let's make this positive change and let's explicitly ask the people, you know, like, you know, don't guess what people expect of you and expect of the department. It's a time to ask them and likewise find out what they want. You know, not just what they expect to be given, but what they want to be able to contribute and where they want to go as part of the team and, and a member of your group and a member of your department. You would then go on to set group expectations, which I read to mean you would say, for instance, we're going to do PT this much. We're going to do training this much. If that's different than the previous schedule, then this is your opportunity to say, here's how we're going to do it going forward. Absolutely. And, and that's why, as you say, we ask everybody else, you know, ask first and listen before you start telling people what to do. Because there's going to be a lot of things. Surely anybody who's moving up in an organization is going to have a lot of things that they want to do and that they want to make happen and, and, and to improve things. But one of the reasons I ask you to take, um, you know, take a look at the roles of everybody is, is to put you back in that group mindset that we have to do all of this together and you need to be able to take the information, you know, all the stuff you asked and, and maybe tweak what your expectations are and, and, and what, you know, I mean, not everything might be your priority, but then you go, okay, now we're going to set the group expectations. I, I listened to you and, um, this is lo what looks like might be achievable for us. And certainly you as the leader are going to have some influence on that, but then you need to make it absolutely clear. Like, Hey, we're all agreeing on this. And, and some of it hopefully will be, we're agreeing on it because you told me you wanted this group. So hooray, we're already halfway there. And other stuff may be stuff that they don't agree hundred percent with yet, but you are at that point saying, well, listen, I, I listened first, but these are still key priorities. And and I'm letting you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the boss, so this is stuff that we're doing. And that's kind of an interesting situation to be in. If, for example, you've thought for years, if we only did X instead of Y, then when you get a chance to implement it, the other guys are kind of lukewarm on it. 
Is it hard then to say, yeah, but we're going to do it this way because I'm in charge now? Or is there a different way to approach that? I have to say up front, they always, they care. There can always come a point where you do have to say, because I said so. It should never be your first, you know, where you go in the first place. Well, I assume at first you should try to explain your rationale and try to get them on board that way. Absolutely. And and the way I look at it is that the way that you're going to get the best performance, whatever, whatever you're trying to achieve, whether it's something that the group said and you're kind of lukewarm on or as your example, you know, it's the other way around. They're kind of lukewarm on it. But this is this is something you've been charging to do for a long time, you need to have that really good group dynamic. The better that your team performs, the more likely you're going to be to make real world change. So sometimes you got to say, man, I really want this to happen. And I think this is, this, everybody's going to be happy. We're going to perform better as a department. We're going to do better emergency services. This is, this is where it's at. But you may have to put that on the back burner for a while while you help the team find those early wins, the stuff that they're really excited about so that you can develop that really effective team dynamic so that, you know, they feel like like a successful team with you as that in the role of that team leader. And then then you can hit them with, uh, you know, what I think our next thing should be. It should be this thing that I'm really excited about it. and hopefully they'll have more motivation because they're like, you said it, I'm on board. I know I'm part of a winning team. Let's make this happen. It sounds as though what you're saying is that the best way to accomplish these things is to make the members of the team feel as though they are part of the decision-making process. You know, you could be the smartest person in the room, but you're still not going to be able to look at everything from all perspectives, you know, we, we all need all perspectives, whether you're showing up on a fire scene and you're a wonderful incident commander and you've got operations down, locked down, you still need to be able to see around the building, inside the building, you know, you need all that other information. And that's what we're talking about here with the team. You need other people. You need to get outside of your own head, not just because you want to make them feel like they're a part of the decision-making process, which they are, and it's important that they know that, that they do feel that, but also so that you don't miss something that may just happen to be in your blind spot. I'll be back with more right after this. Federal Resources is a mission-critical solutions provider with only one goal, to empower and prepare the first responder for any threat, at home or abroad, that they are called on to respond to. Your mission is to protect and defend. Our mission is to make sure you're equipped with the knowledge and training on response techniques to current threats. We'll make sure you know the latest innovations in technology to ensure mission success every time. You look out for everyone else. Let us look out for you. Learn more at federalresources.com. Have you seen any commonality among bad decisions that new leaders make when they're appointed to their position? The first thing that comes to mind for me personally, I could tell you about something that I did as a mistake, and I've seen it before and since. Um, But of course, it's really what struck me. And in a nutshell, what it was, uh, was related to a lot of what we've been talking about. And I uh, had come up with a new 
program related to uh, cardiac resuscitation, you know, working cardiac arrests. And without getting into all of the details, this was going to be really focusing on priorities. I was the national faculty for the American Heart Association for my state at the time. Um, I got our chief on board. I got community members on board. I got our regional medical director and regional EMS coordinator on board. It was going to be cheaper, better, faster, improved outcomes. Literally, every aspect of this was a win. And I was so excited about this that as I stood there with our chief on one side of me and our regional medical director on the other side and rolled this thing out, I was sure, you know, I was going to be carried out, you know, to waves of, of cheers and accolades. I hadn't brought other people on board early on for this change in my, in my new leadership role to, to be able to make this change. And as good as an idea as it was and, and all aspects of it, just the fact that people felt like they were kind of blindsided by this it produced really, really negative reactions to it. And sort of my blind spot here was that I was so excited and, and the upsides seemed so obvious that this was a thing to do that it wound up being presented as a thing where I'm just pointing at everyone else and telling them what to do. And they felt not only a little out of, you know, a little disjointed because they were being adults, just flat out being told what to do. But also they felt like, well, if I'm being told what to do is the other part of this that I'm going to get in trouble if I mess something up because all of this seems so new to me. Um, and I've seen a lot of other leaders make similar things. You know, they sought out, as you've said, that leadership position because they're really passionate about a particular change. So as soon as possible, they start charging in with that change. And I think you really need to build up that dynamic. You need to build up trust. You need to introduce some of this information so that other people are at least as familiar with whatever you're trying to accomplish as you are. And hopefully through that process, they become as passionate about whatever it is as you are. Um, but we can forget that not everybody else gets as excited about the same stuff that we do. I think what we may find here is that there will be some firefighters who once promoted find that to be a little too touchy-feely. The idea that I have a solution to the problem, but if I don't bring everybody in on the process, they're going to feel like they were hurt because they were left out. Is that a fair assessment or am I off the mark there? No, I think it's true. I think people want to feel, you know, it's not necessarily that we have to all get together for a group hug. And, and I understand where you're coming from. I definitely don't want to come across as, you know, we're all going to be swaying back and forth singing Kumbaya and we have to or nothing gets done in the fire service. <laughs> um, but I think people need to feel in the loop. They don't want to feel like, well, there's this new thing and everything we do is going to revolve around you, new leader, and this one thing that you're passionate about that I don't even know too much about. And, and now I'm, I'm starting to worry, you know, am I a senior firefighter and, and this is outside of my comfort zone and, and now I'm, I'm going to look foolish because I don't know about this new thing, even though I'm, I'm a senior person and I know my job really well, or, you know, I'm a newer person and, and I don't understand what you're talking about at all. I have no context for this and I'm worried about fitting in with the rest of the fire department and the rest of my crew and I don't even understand the language you're speaking. You know, you, you want people to, to feel a little bit more in their comfort zone, not so that we could be touchy-feely, but so that they can have the confidence to go in and perform well and not be pushing back against you in a million little ways. All right, now a couple more of your points from your list. 
provide positive and negative feedback. And I think that's worth pointing out because I know that there are people who, when they are new in a job like this where they're supervisory, they tend to want to provide negative feedback because they want to make sure that their authority is recognized. But positive is just as important. I couldn't agree more. And you got to start with positive feedback. Again, you know, bottom line, this is just to be effective. You know, it's not a matter of being touchy-feely and everybody has to be super sensitive to everybody else's feelings. I mean, I feel to a degree that that's certainly true, but that that's not at the heart of this. You know, it really is, you know, people want to, if your idea is to, um, lead by example, then you want to provide that positive feedback and that positive example, letting people know, hey, good job. Reinforce the good stuff that they're already doing. And, and, and if they're close to where you want them to be, reinforce that, all right, you know, you're good, you're close, and, and let's tweak it just a little bit. But a lot of people can be very sensitive to those new leaders who come in and they, like you said, they just want to provide negative. You know, you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. Or finally, I'm in charge. Let me show you the right way to do it. Well, nobody likes to know it all and it, it's <laughs> not going to help you accomplish your goal, right? You know, nobody wants the person, even if you're right, nobody, nobody's going to follow a person who they perceive has that, that kind of attitude. So, uh, and, 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 you know, they're going to be some people on your team that you really like, and they're going to be some people on your team. You're like, oh, you know, not only would I not have them over at the dinner on Thanksgiving, but they, I don't think they're necessarily the best at their job. You know what? When somebody like that does something good, you focus on the behavior, not the person. You know, they do a good thing. You don't, still don't have to love them. You still don't have to like them. But you want everybody to see, hey, this is that thing that we should be doing, and this is the way we should be doing it. So even though it's Ralph who did it, and I wouldn't say it that way, but you know, you you know, in your mind you're sort of rolling your eyes. Okay, I don't know how he, he accidentally stumbled across doing it the right way, <laughs> but you know, but still take every opportunity to show people the right way, just because it's it's more effective than constantly saying nope, nope, wrong, nope, not the way I want it. Right, because that attitude, while it shows your authority, also tends to turn off the people under you who would like to be told that they're doing something right from time to time. Yeah, and how can you motivate people to do something that really is a priority if, you know, at this point they don't even want to come to work because they know every time they walk in the door you're going to be negative about it and every they feel like everything they do is, is going to be negative. And, and that's not to say that you shouldn't provide, like, hey, if somebody's doing something wrong, you, you shouldn't just ignore it. Um, but you have to make sure that you really try as hard as you can to focus on the positive stuff even more than the negative stuff because the, the best way to do it is to say, hey, this is the way we should all be doing it because this is right, not you did it wrong, so I'm going to now have to show everybody the way I would do it. And finally, maintain open communications, which I think can be harder than it sounds because, after all, you're the boss, so you've got the ideas. And I wonder if it isn't sort of a form of insecurity to say to yourself, well, I don't really need to ask everyone else what they think. I can just issue proclamations because I'm the boss. I, again, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, you don't want to go in there just issuing proclamations. You could be the absolute expert on a particular topic, whether it's rescue or hazmat or structural firefighting or EMS or, or, or whatever it is, or issues around the firehouse, but still you're only one person. 
You could be a real, you've only got one brain. It could be a really smart brain, but you know, we all have blind spots and you need to get that outside perspective. And quite frankly, you want to be actively asking people, you know, and, and main, you know, letting people bring questions to you and bring you information, even if the stuff that they have to say is, is wrong or you don't like it, or the questions are like, oh my goodness, how could you be asking this? How do you not already know this? Because Bottom line, if they're, they happen to be wrong about something, then you're going to want to know that. It's better for you to know that than to not know it at all because, you know, you never asked. And, and if they're asking crazy questions and, again, you know, in, inside your mind, you're rolling your eyes, you know, you, you still want to know that they don't know that thing. And you, it's a question you have to answer. So, so get out there and answer it. That's your job as, as the leader, instead of just sort of, you know, sending an email or walking in in the morning and going, Oh, we're going to do this, 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 and this, and this is how we run motor vehicle accidents now. And just sort of leaving it at that, you know, you want to discuss it, get different, uh, you know, get different perspectives, get different opinions, find out how the new recruits have, have been training on it recently, find out how the senior people um, have been doing it for a long time, what really works, Let and make it also too so that they're peer teaching each other. You know, they're going back and forth and everybody's, everybody's learning. Now, you have to end on your decision. You, you were going to have to make decisions and you are going to have to say like, yes, this, okay, got it. I got all the information. This is how we're going to do it. And, and that's got to be it. And you got to make sure that people buy in. So, so it's not, you're not pushing off all the decisions to everybody else and everything has to be run by committee. But when you have the time to gather that information, more information is going to make you a better decision maker. And that's why they promoted you to the new position. You know, you're, you've got the technical knowledge, you know, you've got a good brain, get in there and, and get as much information in on a particular subject to, to process it and make it so that your people can take action because you're, you're getting promoted up and the higher up in the organization you go, you got to do your work through the other people. And that can't be just telling them what to do, it can be giving them guidance, but it's not just telling them what to do. You got to get that information and see how to help your people fulfill their roles. And, you know, all coming back around in the cycle, going back to fulfilling the mission of the organization. All right, we'll leave it there. Ram Duckworth, thanks very much for talking with me on Code 3 today. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity and I appreciate the conversation. And we put some more information about preparing for the day you're promoted on our website at code3podcast.com slash newboss. Check it out. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. If you want to let me know what you think of the show, I'm here. Just email me, scott at code3podcast.com. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is made possible through the generous support of Federal Resources. Visit them at federalresources.com. This show is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to code3podcast.com.